the game. Spins a web, any size. Catch your seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. The Super Friends. The Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is the Challenge of the Super Friends. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 92, The Ammo Dump. I'm your host, Chuck. And I'm Ryan. Hey, welcome back, guys. Of course, The Ammo Dump is our little comic talk outside of what we normally read in the Star Joe's universe, outside of IDW, if you will. <laughs> and <laughs> on, the, on the agenda today, I have a couple of treats for you guys. I have Hawkeye number eight uh, from Marvel. Wait, wait. And I, you're, not what? Allowed, you're not allowed to cover anything... What? Daredevil, End of Days, and Punisher Warzone. <laughs> Those are good fucking books, dude, and you know it. No, they are. I, I, I did get to read uh, End of Days number one, so. All right, I'm going to actually give those to you. Uh, Punisher's over, so I'm going to give you the, that whole series and let you read it. Okay. And uh, Daredevil, once it finishes and wraps up, I'm going to give that to you and let you read that, too. Okay. Well, I was able to get uh, End of Days number one and Warzone number one because Marvel did a big digital push with 700 number one issues. Right, I remember uh, seeing that on the Facebooks. Yeah, for free. So I got like two. Yeah. I got like two hundred issues. Hey, free is good. That's right. If it's free, it's for me. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, these are half-hour episodes. So let's uh, wrap yep. it tight up here. And they are spoiler-filled. Yes, we're going to spoil these books. So uh, again, Hawkeye number eight from Marvel, and two other books I wanted to talk about were Age of Ultron, uh, number one and number two. Both of these are from Marvel as well. Right. And I am also throwing into the mix here, and these are these are also comics Chuck read as well. Uh, Justice League of America number one, uh, Batman Incorporated number eight, and Guardians of the Galaxy zero point one. So, so uh, you want to start with Hawkeye? Yeah, we can do that. All right. I read right. I read Hawkeye number eight also. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so basically, if you guys aren't reading Hawkeye, you're missing out on a really good book, in my opinion. Here. My favorite Marvel title. Wow. It's it's probably my second favorite behind the Daredevil stuff right now. Okay. But it's it's a it's a close second. It's like a one A, one B. Yeah. And this book basically what it is if you haven't read it, it's Hawkeye when he's not with the Avengers. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's a I mean it's it's almost like slice of life meets superhero situations. Um, because I mean, you're kind of seeing him in his everyday life. He's interacting with people, but then because of those interactions, he gets thrown into a bunch of shit storms, uh, all the time. So yeah, basically this book opens up with, uh, uh, our friend here, uh, Hawkeye and he's, uh, gets it mixed up with his girl. There's some trouble she's in. He helps her out and it, it starts off like a couple of little stories. Like it, it'll stop and start and stop and start and stop and start with like different covers yeah. For little uh, old school style comic books with the fifteen cent stuff on it, I really like that. That was a cool touch. I did too. I really enjoyed that. Um, and basically, he he gets the girl out of trouble, but to get her out of trouble, he's got to get in trouble himself. It's one of those, goddamn, you're pretty, and you you fucking know it, and you're gonna get me killed. Right. 
But basically what happens is she's got to, you know, infiltrate the uh, the bros. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> so they, they're actually held up at like a, a strip club or something like that. He goes in there. It beats the crap out of a couple of guys while she goes in and tries to take the um, – what were they looking for? Something in a safe. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the the bro comment, if for those that haven't been reading it, there every almost every issue there's been this gang or group. I don't want to say gang, almost like a mob. Uh, yeah, like an old school mafia of like I want to say Croatians, but yeah. I don't and anybody. Yeah, I think they are Croatian, but they're I, uh, I'm almost positive they are Croatians. But they constantly say bro, like whenever they're talking, they be like, hey bro, that's not a good idea, bro. What's up, bro? Yeah. So anyway, he beats up those guys, and she takes off with the safe and. Uh, the cops are waiting for him outside because he walked into the bar. The strip club started beating people up, and the cops got called. And he's like, "Hey, man, I'm an Avenger." Blah blah blah, you know. And she sneaks out the back with the, you know, the safe. And it's like, it's okay, you know, the good guys win, you know. And it's right, really, do the good guys always win? You know, you never know. And then she's back at his apartment, and you know, leading to you know risque things. But back, actually, it's um. While this is going on, uh, the the head of the old you know Croatian mafia meets up with all these other gangsters in the Marvel universe, Kingpin leading them all. Which and, that was that was the coolest part for me in that issue too was like at the very end this you know this guy saying like I uh, I'm going to take out Hawkeye and they're all basically laughing at him. Yeah, and he, they want to get the okay because you know I might have to go into your territory or whatever to kill Clint Barton, and he must die, and you got to give me permission to do this because if he kills an Avenger, the other Avengers are going to rain down on all of them and right. bring a halt to their other operations and stuff like that. So, which is basically kind of, it's kind of the reason why they've never like intentionally gone after him before. It's uh, I think they even mentioned something like it's one thing to kill an Avenger in the middle of battle; it's another thing to go hunt down an Avenger. So. Right, exactly, exactly, and that's where it leads off with with them, um, you know, trying to get the okay to go kill uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, it's definitely a setup issue because it's it that it's all leading up to this setup of this bro mafia is going to be going after Hawkeye, but it was a good setup issue. Like it's it's well worth checking out. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, well, to speaking of Hawkeye, we might as well just transition right into Age of Ultron because. Uh, Hawkeye plays a big factor in that, at least in the first issue there. Um, yeah, yeah, we can definitely get into that if you'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, first of all, let me let me talk about the cover on this. Yeah. So you got a nice with a chromium cover. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the nineties. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I loved it. Oh, I did too. I did too. I couldn't get enough. Yeah. And you want to talk about Hawkeye on the cover of this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the cool thing is we have Ultron here in all his chromium glory, and he's taken out all of uh, the Avengers. Uh, they're all at his feet or in his in the grasp of his claws. Well, at his feet is, is Spider-Woman, Spider-Man, Hulk, and yep. in his in his grasp is Iron Man and Captain America, and he's raised and embossed. And, he, and he's coming towards someone, and you can see in the reflection of his head, because he's all metal, uh, right. Hawkeye is right there pointing a bow and arrow right at him. Right, so he's he's like kind of destroyed the other Avengers to try to get to our our friend Hawkeye here. Yep. And uh, one thing I will say it, that's worth checking out with this issue is um, the augmented reality uh, app that is available because uh, on issue number two it wasn't as strong, but on issue number one the pages where you could use the augmented reality 
you got a lot of information. Like you got to hear from the author, uh, which was Bendis. You got to hear from uh, Brian Hitch, who was the artist. Uh, you got to hear about the history of Ultron, like all that type of stuff. So it's a free, it's a free app, the augmented reality app. And you just have to like hover it, hover your uh, camera over the pages that have the AR uh, logo on it. And you get a lot of good information. Um, the art was amazing in this issue. It was really good. I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, and we have basically what's going on with this is we have Hawkeye is uh, busting into uh, a location. And we find out, I mean, just since it is all spoiler, he's he's busting in to save uh, Spider-Man. It's just, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a crack house he's going into and he's trying to save Spider-Man who's being kidnapped and drugged. And he is just killing everyone left and right. Uh, yeah, he's shooting people with arrows. Everybody's dying, and Spider Man is beat the fuck up. Yeah, and he and Spider Man was held, being held hostage by Hammerhead and uh, Owl, uh, the Owl, the Owl. Yeah. So uh, they and they Ultron shows up, and here evidently, and we don't know what the circumstances are, but evidently the Owl and uh, uh, Hammerhead say that they have a deal. Yeah, they thought they had a deal with Ultron that they would leave him alone and not bother them. Yep. But apparently there's no deal. Nope. And then uh, Hawkeye does get uh, Peter out of there and uh, takes him back to a a secret location where we have, like, Tony Stark and She-Hulk and Luke Cage. Yeah, but they're kind of underground hiding in, like, a sewer like a Ninja Turtle. Yep. And then we also have, like, Emma Frost and Wolverine and Beast and stuff like that there. And... What was they give him? Well, they give him shit for bringing him back because right. uh, Tony Stark does. Yeah, and I was actually I was gonna say the one thing that I found interesting with it was that Tony Stark of all people was like, uh, "I told you uh, we can't use technology, and you're forcing us to use it." So, um, and obviously it's because of Ultron, but Tony Ultron will pick up on it, right? Right. But it's interesting because Tony Stark would be the last person you would think would be against using technology. So. Yeah, and at the very end of it, we see a broken, beaten down Captain America sitting. With his hands on his knees, with his head down, yeah, just thinking and contemplating. Yeah, and Haw- Hawkeye says, you know, uh, uh, or Tony Stark says, we have no plan, and Hawkeye says, well, whose fault's that? And he's look- looking at Captain America. We don't know he's looking at Captain America at the time, but uh, Tony goes, he's working on it, and Hawkeye goes, is that what you call it? And we, see- and then that's when you turn the page and you see Captain America is just like on the ground, uh, head between his his arms, and his shield is just broken. Uh, beneath his feet so really really powerful image there i really i mean i loved it i know that i let you borrow it and you were like okay i gotta get the rest of the series now yeah i'm like i need this this <laughs> this has got to happen add it to the order so then we have uh we had issue two uh if you want to go into what happens there uh issue two was really good in my opinion i really like two. uh basically we have uh black widow and she's uh just running around the the city trying to scavenge stuff, and you know she somebody comes up on her with a gun like a, a normal citizen guy, and he tries to you know take what she's got, and she's you don't have anything, and uh, she he gets the the average guy gets taken out by a sniper at the top. Yep. So somebody's watching her, and this and the sniper is actually Moon Knight. Right. So I, I know that I don't think that's a character you're you're too familiar with, but not 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 a lot, but I, I knew who it was because of the symbol that he's wearing. Right. And Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, her uh, too. Black Widow. <laughs> Black Widow's, uh, half of her face is like scarred up and stuff like that. So, yeah, so she's been in some kind of accident, uh, kind of deformed on the eye. 
Yep. And they head to this uh they head to this barber shop and they pull a little lever and and it and Which Luke Cage is no no it's um Nick Fury. Not Luke Cage. Yeah, Fury. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nick Fury's uh one of his hideouts. And I want to say this this barber shop has been seen many times before. Yeah, I've seen it in other issues and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um and then there's this big two-page spread of like all these, uh, hey, you know, you know what? Just stop here. I, I think I know where this barbershop was. It wasn't it in Civil War. It possibly. It was probably their secret hideout. Yeah. Um, but there's this two-page spread where it's all these pictures of heroes and villains and everybody that uh, Nick Fury was keeping track of. And this was probably the only thing that was really cool in this issue with the AR AR uh, app was because uh, when I put it over this, it showed me all the other issues in previous like um, comic series where this cork board showed up and like it started off real small and like every issue you would see like mighty Avengers or Avengers, it would get bigger and bigger with more people posted on it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and basically then we flash back to Spider-Man and he's telling them, you know, exactly what happened. Cause they're asking, you know, what happened to you, you know, Peter, what's going on? He's like, well, actually, you know, I woke up, but yeah, you know, I thought that we're having an earthquake, blah blah blah. I see everything going down. I start swinging in the action, and, and that's when it happened. Yeah, that that's when I got you know, taken. Yeah, and uh, the then we go back to the group all talking about what ha- you know, listening to Peter and everything else. And uh, on the very last page, there we see um, Cap stands up on his. Uh, stands up to his feet finally, and he still looks like he's still like barely can stand. Uh, but he says, uh, uh, "We didn't have a plan until now." So, yeah, because everybody's like, "Well, what are we gonna do? We don't have a plan." He goes, "Well, we don't have a plan until now." Yeah, it's and so now we know that Cap's involved. He's got his head on straight, you know. I have, yeah, but he's like just holding, you know, part of the shield, like just a piece, a fragment of what's left. He's barely holding on to himself. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> It looks like he's staggering. Yeah, yeah. We'll return after these messages. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Um, to go into, uh, I, I wanted to make sure we covered this issue because it was uh, a big deal, big buzz, everything else, which is Batman Incorporated number eight. All right. Um, basically, to give you some background with this, I the first Batman Incorporated series, I wasn't a total fan of. I liked the first couple of issues, and there was a couple other issues in between that I thought were okay. Um, and then there was the Batman, I think it was called Leviathan, was a one-shot, which I thought was pretty good. I kind of liked the reveal that they did in that of uh, uh, Talia being uh, this Leviathan that was working against Batman. So I wasn't going to pick up the new uh, issues of Batman Incorporated, uh, but then I heard that in number eight uh, coming up that uh, Damien was going to die. I mean, it was it was kind of put out there pretty early. Um, and comic shops didn't order enough of the issue. So I was like, well, I'm not going to try to get it at the comic shop and I didn't pre-order it. So 
I'll just go and get the issues. I have some credits available to me. I'll just go ahead and get the issues uh, digitally. So I actually picked up issues one through eight uh, digitally on Comixology. And I will tell you, reading from issue number one through eight, I got them all eight issues done, I think, with, within like two sittings. Um, I was, I was okay. really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, issue number eight, uh, he comes in. It's the whole Bat family uh, fighting against uh, Talia's goons. And uh, Damien is told to stay back because basically Talia wants to kill him. And he has, uh, they, they made another clone of him. There was some issues earlier where uh, we find out that Talia actually has had several clones of uh, her and uh, Bruce, you know, their spawn, which is Damien. And one of them, she grew up to adulthood uh, or she like fast produced him to adulthood. So it's basically Damien's brother. Uh, or basically him fighting himself in a, in a sense, uh, but in an adult form. And these two get into it and fight. Uh, and while they're fighting, all a bunch of the other uh, henchmen are shooting arrows down and bullets and everything else, and they're hitting Damien, but it doesn't stop him. But uh, after all the bullets and after the arrows that he's taken on already, he gets stabbed right in the chest by uh, what, like I said, is, is his brother. Uh, and, and Batman's there to, uh, pick up the body and he holds it just like he did when he was holding, um, uh, uh, Jason. Yeah. Jason Todd. So, uh, pretty emotional. And they, they did say that there's no immediate plans to bring him back. So, uh, obviously they couldn't say they would never bring him back, but there was, they did say there's no immediate plans to bring him back. So it's not going to be like, okay, now we're sticking him in the Lazarus pit, the next issue, and he's going to be back and he's going to be fine. So. Well, the way they kind of did it, they they worked themselves an out because there's clones. Yeah. So that one might not come back the smart ass, you know, Damien that everybody kind of grew up and liked and you know, or you didn't yeah. like. It, it might be a different clone. It might be somebody else. I mean, yeah, yeah who knows? It kind of gets rid of that whole you know Bruce Wayne as a kid kind of thing. Yeah. You're kind of you know done with that. I like Damien. I mean, I like the I character. I didn't like him at first, but he, like when he first showed up, I didn't like him at all. Um, but he grew on me because I felt like the character actually grew. Um, I felt like he wasn't like he, yes, he was still cocky and he still felt like he knew more than the people around him. And in some sense he did, but, um, he grew more to be, to be human. Whereas when he first came out, he was this cocky kid that wasn't even human. It was, he was just like, well, he was cold and yeah, cocky. he was just he, well, he was kind of a parody of a human. He like yeah, like you said, he didn't have didn't seem to have emotions or anything like that, and he felt and he had, had an ego the size of a size of the earth basically. So he well, yeah, he never got hugged as a kid. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So uh, and he had daddy issues because well, yeah, did. sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I really started liking him, especially when they started humanizing him a lot more by you know giving him a dog and seeing how he reacted to that and. Uh, him having to deal with his dad and then his, and also how he interacted with, uh, Dick and everything else. So, um, he was into the Dick. So, uh. yeah, nice. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like all that type of stuff really made him grow as a character. So I'm, I'm actually sad to see him gone now. Um, they're doing a lot of issues right now of, uh, with covers that just say Requiem on them. Uh, there's only one that I think really even deals with the fact that, Damien died and that's a, a Batman and Robin issue. Uh, but the, all the other ones that you see, like they have the Requiem covers 
the inside of the issue doesn't really deal with the fact that Damien was killed. <laughs> so right. don't yeah. be tricked into buying the issues. Like, Yeah, just another clever way to sell some right, books. Exactly. But uh, so I, like I said, I really liked it. I'm I'm hoping that they do stick to their guns and not bring him back right away. I do would like to see him come back somehow at some point. But uh, but yeah, it doesn't need to be right away. Right. I, I I could see him coming back, but like I said, it might not even be the same one. So yeah. who knows? Um. Then we have uh, Justice League of America number one, uh, which with this one I got the American uh, flag cover, and I also got the Ohio the uh, state of Ohio cover uh, with the, the Ohio flag on it. This one, I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought this one hit everything that people were complaining just the regular Justice League didn't do, which, you know, there was complaints in the regular Justice League uh, issue when that started that, you know, oh, you don't get to see the full team in one in the first issue. Uh, there's not enough going on as far as story. Like this one, I felt like, okay, you, you got to see the whole team, and there are subplots galore in this first issue, like just shit going on that set up probably the next two, three years of stories. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first issue, too. I mean, I think you liked it a little bit more than I did, but it was good. I did. Uh, and, I mean, because we have, like, these uh, this one guy being chased down, uh, who we find out is, is Green Arrow, uh, being yeah. chased down by three characters that look like Batman, Robin, and, or Batman, Robin, Batman, Superman, nice. and, uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So, um, we find out, you know, that this organization of Justice League of America is being put together in case they ever need to take down the Justice League, which granted these guys are definitely second tier, would never be able to take down the regular Justice League, but whatever. Right. Um, right. Hawkman was freaky. Awesome. I mean, like, yeah, he was the, he was the best yeah. to me. He was the yeah. best. Well, because he's tracking down this guy, and he says that he's this this person, he's uh, Bith Rock, that he's been uh, is that's a fugitive. And this guy's like, I don't even know who the hell that is. Who do you think I am? And uh, he doesn't. He thinks you're done. You're guilty. I'm gonna get you. I don't care. Pulls out his you know Spike Mace, and that's the last we see. Like I assume the guy is killed, but oh um, yeah. And then I, I kind of liked the stuff with. Uh, you know, there's a little bit with vibe in there. I really like the stuff with Stargirl also where she's like this pop sensation. But then we find out there's there's a little bit of a darker side. She leaves the lights on in her bedroom. We don't really know why. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. I've always liked that character, though, too. So, um, And I thought the stuff with Martian Manhunter was really, really cool. Uh, that he had been in the room the whole time that Steve... Tra- heard Waller, yeah, and some Trevor talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Steve Trevor and Amanda Waller were talking about the whole... Uh, um, putting the group together and here uh, Martian Manhunter had been in the room the whole time. So, so yeah, at least I liked it. The only, I think the only downside for me was I, I do love uh, David Finch's art and I thought this was still really good art, but I thought it was a little bit weaker David Finch art. I thought this wasn't his strongest thing. So oh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, then the last issue I wanted to bring up that I know you read as well, because uh, I, I begged you to read it. Uh <laughs> Which which was what? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy zero point one. Oh yeah, that one. Um, I begged you to read it because I've been really loving what Marvel's been doing with the Guardians of the Galaxy and their whole cosmic stuff. And I read the issue first before I gave it to you. I knew I knew that the Steve McNiven art to me was amazing, and it was written by Brian Michael Bendis, which I know we both like as a writer. So tell me your thoughts on this. I enjoyed it. Like I told you before, I I, I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't overwhelmed with it. It's not the second coming of anything, but 
I I enjoyed it. I mean, you you liked it a lot more than I did. Well, yeah, and and it's probably because I've already had a background with these characters and and some stories and everything else. Um, it's it's an yeah. I'm not too familiar with like the cosmic characters or anything like that. It's and, it's not something I seek out or try to read or you know immerse myself in. But and to be honest, up until maybe. Uh, until Annihilation came out, which I don't know, was maybe like five, six years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. I really wasn't into Marvel cosmic characters either. I picked up an issue on a whim and, uh, which was like the Annihilation prologue issue. And I was like, holy crap, I want to read some more of this. Uh, and that was enough to get me hooked. Now I know these characters a lot very well. I don't know them as well as maybe some people have been reading them for years, but I really like this with the – it gave me an origin of this character called Star-Lord. Uh, his name's Peter Quill. But uh, it, it really gave you, like, just a, a whole background of him as a kid and where he came from and how he became who he is and why he's doing what he's doing, which is he wants to protect the Earth from outside threats uh, in the universe. So um, the one thing I mentioned to you, and, and sorry, I'm going to call you out on it, I said, and I've heard other people mention this being uh, relating this comic to this movie, is I felt it had a very last Starfighter type feel to it. And when I mentioned that to you, you were like, what movie? (laughs) Yeah, what's that? So, yeah, Chuck's never seen The Last Starfighter. No, never have. Let the ridiculing begin. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it had to be. It it can't be that big. I didn't see it. Oh, it's big, dude. It it really I see a lot of big movies I I never saw that one. It's, it's for you doing a, a, a podcast about eighties stuff to not have seen the last Starfighter is just sad. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I guess it happens. I I never saw it. You need to you I, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like you really need to. Like I I'm tempted to just go buy the DVD so that you can go watch the movie because you you really need to see it. I still have that uh, Judge Dredd DVD you lent me. I haven't watched that yet. You need to watch that, too. It, well, I, it's future. one at a time, buddy, one at a time. I would actually say Last Starfighter you need to see before you see the Judge Dredd movie. So. Really? Oh, yeah. Hi. Is, it, is it Goonies good? Oh, yeah. This is this is like you have now keep in mind you when you see it you have to be in the 80s time frame mind you know you have you can't be watching it with 2013 eyes you have to be watching it with 80s eyes so oh so there's some some references that have uh, long passed well that and also you know the the spe- special effects are a little bit better now right i mean they're good don't get me wrong it's not like they were bad but oh sure i mean yeah anytime you watch an old movie like that like when I watch Masters of the Universe, you know, throw a movie out there that's older that I like, um, you know, you, you take it with what it is. It was good for when it came out. I mean, I still like it, but and it's like I told you, it's about a a, a kid who uh, grows up in the trailer park and he's been playing this video game pretty much his whole life, and it's this space fighter pilot type game. Well, here he gets like the highest score ever, and that sends out a beacon to recruit him to an actual starfighter uh, core, basically. And when the one guy comes to recruit him, uh, he ends up eventually signing up. He's, he's a bit very reluctant at first, uh, but when he eventually does sign up and he actually heads out there, before he gets out there, they find out that uh, all of the other starfighters have been killed, and he is the last, and he has to save the entire universe. Yeah. Haven't seen it. Yeah, you need to. You really need to. 
So, um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, like I said, McNiven uh, art is gorgeous. I love it. I can't wait to get into the regular ongoing of this. And the other thing I'll mention with this, speaking, uh, going back to some of the digital stuff, um, there is right now, and Chuck, you might be interested in this because it, they're free, uh, just to check out some other stuff. They've been putting out for Marvel in, uh, Infinite, I believe is their digital label, uh, free. The first two have been free so far. Guardians of the Galaxy Spotlights. They did a Guardians of the Galaxy Drax the Destroyer, uh, who was in on the last page of this issue. Uh, he was part of the crew. And then there's one that just came out. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Rocket Raccoon. Oh, my God. Uh, the Drax the Destroyer one was really good. Um, so I'm eager to read the Rocket Raccoon one because I actually really like that character. So, um, And don't even badmouth them because... People on the forums are going to totally criticize you if you badmouth Rocket Raccoon because he's turned into he's become such a really cool character. So I'm not going to badmouth him. I just I I, I it's a raccoon man. Seriously, <laughs> I can't get into it. I'm sorry. It's it's I don't know. It's like hey, the superhero guy running around with a bunch of uh, humans is a is a beaver. You know, I I can't get into it. You 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 bought into a guy running around. I draw the line. <laughs> you bought into a Wookiee, so that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, but he's he's bigger than a raccoon, and we don't have anything like Wookiee here. I mean, well, it's Sasquatch, I guess maybe, but that's all it is. <laughs> and he based a Wookiee on a dog. I mean, Lucas based a Wookiee on a dog, but that that's for Star Joe's. That's for Star Joe's. <laughs> that's for a regular Star Joe's episode. All right. Well, give the information. Give the context. So uh, you can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us on the forumforgeeks.com. You can interact with us every day. Uh, we had Warden43TK join us again on the forums, so that was awesome. You guys heard him in a uh, previous episode uh, leave us a voicemail about how he needs to get back on the forums. Uh, so he's back, which is awesome. So uh, come and join him and the whole rest of the crew that we've uh, accumulated there in the awesome community uh, then uh, you please leave us an iTunes review uh, and you can also email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com and you can leave us a voicemail and we play those on our regular episodes which is 440-941-JOES 440-941-JOES uh, that's the basic information for these shorter episodes so uh, Chuck you got anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'm glad these episodes are, you know, fan favorites. So we get a lot of positive response about it. So thank you guys very much. Absolutely. And I promise one of these days we're going to do the, the that retro uh, ammo dump. Uh, it's just there's been some awesome stuff that's been coming out that we've been wanting to talk about. So uh, every time we think we're going to do a retro one, we find out, you know what, uh, I want to talk about these issues. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Oh, those three little Keebler elves make uncommonly good cookies next. They do it magically in a hollow tree. To make these Keebler swirly juice takes ingenuity. Swirl in the chocolate. The elves swirl a river of real chocolate through delicious shortbread cookies. So there's a taste of chocolate in every bite of swirly cues. <laughs> next. In the Keebler Hollow Tree, where we make crackers and cookies uncommonly good. 